so continuing with our lessons in the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi, we've now reached hadith number 7. Anabi Ruqiyah, Tamim ibn Aws al-Dari, radiyallahu anhu, anna al-Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallama qal, ad-deen al-Nasiha, qulna liman, qala lillahi wa likitabihi wa lirasoolihi, wa liaimmati al-Muslimina wa ammatihim. Rawahu Muslim. In this hadith of Abu Ruqayyah, Tamim ibn Aws al-Dari, radiyallahu anhu, he says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, ad-deenu nasiha that this religion, it is purity, it is advice, it is sincerity, as we will come to see in the explanation. Qulna liman. So they... Said to the Prophet ﷺ, we said to whom? They asked the Prophet ﷺ, to whom is this sincerity and advice to? Qal, so the Prophet ﷺ said, Lillah, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, walikitabih, and to the book of Allah, walirasulih, and to the messenger of Allah. وَلِأَئِمَّةِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And to the rulers of the Muslims, those in authority, وَعَامَّتِهِمْ And those from the commoners amongst the Muslims. رَوَاهُ مسلم. And this is a hadith narrated by Muslim. There is another narration of this particular hadith. There is another narration of this particular hadith where the Prophet ﷺ repeated at the beginning of it, Ad-Deenun Nasiha, Ad-Deenun Nasiha, Ad-Deenun Nasiha, three times. There is another narration, where at the beginning of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ repeated this statement three times, Ad-Deenun Nasiha, Ad-Deenun Nasiha, Ad-Deenun Nasiha. This religion, it is advice, it is sincerity, purity, three times over, to indicate the importance of that and to emphasize it. And what is the meaning of an-nasiha? In this hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said this religion, it is nasiha. So what is the meaning of an-nasiha here? Typically speaking, that is translated as advice. Normally in English you would say the translation of that is advice. The religion is advice. But what is the specific explanation of that? Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah Ta'ala says, وَمَعْنَ nasiha And the meaning of nasiha, Al-Khulus, يُقَالُ شَيْءٌ nasih يَعْنِي خَالِصٌ مِّنَ الْغِشْ وَيُقَالُ عَسَلٌ نَاصِحٌ وَلَبَنٌ نَاصِحٌ يَعْنِي خَالِصٌ مِّنَ الْغِشِّ وَالْأَخْلَاطِ الرَّدِيئَةِ So one of the meanings of النَّسِيحَةِ 
is to purify something. To purify something and to make it free of any deficiencies within it. To purify something and to make it free of deficiencies that may be within it. So for example, they say that something is nasih in the Arabic language, if it is free and pure from any type of deficiency or any other type of incorrect matter within that item. For example, to highlight that, they would say, Asalun nasih, honey that is nasih, meaning honey that is pure, it doesn't have any deficiencies within it, corrupting that honey. Similarly, Lebanon nasih, milk that is pure, doesn't have anything corrupting it, doesn't have any deficiencies within it. So this is the meaning of al-nasiha, something that is pure and sincere and free of any deficiencies within it, mixed in with it, any type of degrading affair mixed in within it, it is free of those affairs and it is pure and sincere. وَهَكَذَا دِينُ الْإِسْلَامِ So the shaykh says, this is how the religion of Islam is. فَإِنَّهُ خَالِصٌ مِّن كُلِّ بَاطِلٌ For the religion of Islam, it is free and pure from every type of falsehood. وَمِّن كُلِّ خِدَاعٍ وَمَكْرٍ وَغِشٍ وَخِيَانَةٍ And this religion, it is pure and free from any type of deception or plotting or deception or treachery or betrayal. All of those types of characteristics, this religion is pure and free from those types of characteristics. فَهُوَ دِينٌ خَالِصٌ So no doubt this religion it is pure and sincere. دِينٌ صافٍ It is a religion that is clean and pure. وَكَذَلِكَ الْمُسْلِمُ يَسْتَوِي ظَاهِرُهُ وَبَاطِنُهُ عَلَى النَّصِيحَةِ وَالسَّلَامَةِ مِنَ الْأَخْلَاقِ سَيِّئَةِ وَالْخِيَانَةِ وَالْغَدْرِ وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكِ Similarly the shaykh says, now that we've explained that the religion of Islam it is pure, free of any type of corruption or deficiency within it. And the shaykh says, similarly every Muslim, the Muslim should be upon that purity too. Meaning here the shaykh says, a Muslim should be upright and equal in his outward affair, as well as his inward affair. Meaning that he is upon that sincerity and pureness outwardly, and he is upon that sincerity and pureness inwardly. Not like the munafiqeen, who were not upon purity inwardly, they were only upon purity as they claimed outwardly. So here the shaykh says a person needs to be upon that purity inwardly and outwardly in terms of his characteristics and his behavior and his morals and his manners and all of his affairs and not to be mixed in with any type of deception or treachery or betrayal or any of those types of characteristics within him. أَمَّا الَّذِي يَغِشُّ أَوْ يَخْدَعُ أَوْ يَمْكُرُ أَوْ يَخْتَلِفُ ظَاهِرُهُ عَنْ بَاطِنَهِ فَهَذِهِ الْخِسَالُ لَيْسَتْ مِنَ الدِّينَ as for an individual that is mixed up, inwardly he's upon certain characteristics, and outwardly he's upon other characteristics. Outwardly he shows the people sincerity and purity and goodness. 
and inwardly in reality he's upon the opposite of that, then this type of individual who has deception and treachery and betrayal within him, then those characteristics are not from the characteristics of the religion of Islam. وَالنَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ حَصَرَ الدِّينَ فِي النَّصِيحَةِ And the Prophet ﷺ restricted this religion to this nasiha, Meaning that this religion, it is upon that purity, cleanliness from any type of deficiency of treachery or betrayal or of those evil types of characteristics. So when the companions asked the Prophet ﷺ, what do you mean? To whom do we have to demonstrate this nasiha to? When the Prophet ﷺ said this religion is nasiha, so the companions they said, who do we have to behave towards with this nasiha? So the Prophet ﷺ said, firstly, firstly, lillah, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that an individual needs to be upon this sincerity needs to be upon this purity, free of any type of degradation or deficiency from the evil characteristics that are not the characteristics of Islam, between himself and Allah, firstly and foremostly. That he's upon that purity between himself and Allah. So the shaykh says, أَوَّلُ شَيْءٍ The first thing, أَن تَكُونَ نَاصِحًا فِيمَا بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَ اللَّهِ That you are upon this nasiha. You're upon this purity and sincerity between yourself and Allah. وَذَلِكَ And how do you do that? ذَلِكَ بِأَن تَعْبُدَهُ حَقَّ عِبَادَتِهِ How do you do that? You do that by performing and fulfilling the worship of Allah in the true manner of fulfilling it. You fulfill the worship to Allah in the correct and proper manner that Allah deserves to be worshipped. وَتُؤْمِنُ بِهِ إِيمَانًا كَامِلًا And that you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the perfect or the complete iman. فَتُؤْمِنُ بِتَوْحِيدِ الرُّبُوبِيَّةِ So you believe in the tawheed of al-rububiyyah. The tawheed which is the affirmation of Allah with regards to those affairs that are specific to Allah. And negation of those from anyone else besides Allah. So you affirm that Allah is the creator, the sustainer, the provider, the one who controls all of the affairs. And you reject and negate that any other individual has any capacity or ability to have any participation within those affairs. The tawheed of al-rububiyyah. That is purity and nasiha between yourself and Allah. Tawheed al-uluhiyyah. That you single out all of your acts of worship. Every deed... Every act, every obedience, it is done sincerely for the sake of Allah. Not for the sake of the people or the praise of the people. Rather it is done desiring the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is what we mentioned already in the first hadith. إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ That indeed all of your actions are but by your intentions. And that is what Allah mentioned in the Qur'an. وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفًا That they were not commanded except to worship Allah sincerely upon the religion, upon Tawheed. This is what is required of an individual. And that is why 
we also have the third aspect, Tawheed al-Isma wa Sifat. That you also are upon this sincerity and purity when it comes to the names and attributes of Allah. That you affirm that which Allah has affirmed for Himself. And you negate that which Allah negates from Himself. Just as the Prophet ﷺ affirms for Allah and negates for Allah, then we accept all of that as it has been mentioned to us in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And this is why when Mu'adh ibn Jabal was riding with the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Ya Mu'adh, atadri ma haqqullahi ala al-ibad wa ma haqqul ibadi ala Allah. Do you know what the right of Allah is upon His servants? And what the right of the servants is upon Allah. So then afterwards the Prophet ﷺ explained. He said, حَقُّ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْعِبَادِ أَنْ يَعْبُدُوهُ وَلَا يُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا The right of Allah upon His servants is that they worship Him alone upon Tawheed and do not commit any form of shirk. وَحَقُّ الْعِبَادِ عَلَى اللَّهِ And the right of the servants upon Allah which is not a right that we have but rather a virtue and a blessing that Allah has given us is that Allah يُعَذِّبَ مَنْ لَا يُشْرِكَ بِهِ شَيْئًا That Allah will not punish the one who does not commit shirk. So this is the greatest right that is upon us that we need to be in terms of our worship to Allah. And that is what a person needs to be upon inwardly and outwardly. As for the munafiqeen, then they were not upon that way. The munafiqeen, they used to show that they are upon sincerity and goodness and nasiha openly and outwardly. But inwardly, they were not upon that way. Inwardly, they were disbelievers. Inwardly, they had no iman. And that is why Allah said regarding them in the Qur'an, إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِي الدَّرْكِ الْأَسْفَلِ مِنَ النَّارِ That indeed those hypocrites, they are in the lowest pits of the hellfire. Because they would openly demonstrate, outwardly they would pretend to the Prophet ﷺ and the companions at that time that they are Muslims. But in reality they were not Muslims and they were planning and plotting against Islam. Those characteristics of the munafiqeen, it is possible that even some of the believers may have some. There is nifaq, which is nifaq i'tiqadi. The nifaq in your belief. That is the munafiqeen. إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِي الدَّرْكِ الْأَسْفَلِ مِنَ النَّارِ Those munafiqeen whom Allah says they are in the lowest pits of the fire. Those munafiqeen at the time of the Prophet ﷺ who used to pretend in that way. That is the type of munafiq that is being referred to with the nifaq i'tiqadi. Then there is another type of nifaq. Nifaq amali. Somebody does something in terms of his actions which is from the characteristics of the munafiqeen. Like lying or betrayal, deception. These are characteristics of the munafiqeen. So if a Muslim does that, he has committed an act, a characteristic which is from the acts and the characteristics of the munafiqeen. And that's why the scholars, they say you have to be so aware of not falling into those types of characteristics. Because slowly but surely, if you fall into them, lying and deception and cheating and unfaithfulness, then eventually you may fall into something which is greater in terms of kufr. So that is the first thing that the Prophet ﷺ advised 
the companions advised the Ummah with Ad-Dinu Nasiha. Firstly and foremostly, that is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the essence of the Shahada. When an individual says, La ilaha illallah, that there is no deity worthy of worshipping truth except Allah, then that is the meaning of this. Or well, this is incorporated within it. Ad-Dinu Nasiha. When you state and you testify that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah, that you will single out all of your worship to Allah and reject it and neglect it from all other types of deities. So that is the first and the foremost of these advices in this hadith or where that nasiha is supposed to be. The second affair. Then the Prophet ﷺ said to them, وَلِكِتَابِهِ And also there is the nasiha to the book of Allah. There is the nasiha to the book of Allah, the Qur'an. Here as Shaykh Al-Fawzan, he says, النَّسِيحَةُ لِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ وَهُوَ الْقُرْآنَ This advice, this purity or sincerity, to the book of Allah, the Qur'an. How do you have the sincerity and the purity to the book of Allah? أَن تُؤْمِنَ بِهِ وَتَعْتَقِدَ أَنَّهُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ وَأَنَّهُ مُنَزَّلٌ غَيْرُ مَخْلُوقٌ So firstly, the way to have the nasiha to the book of Allah, the Qur'an, is to have the correct aqidah regarding the Qur'an. To have the correct aqidah regarding the Qur'an. So what is the correct aqidah regarding the Qur'an? It is that we say the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. The Qur'an is not created. Allah did not create the Qur'an. Allah spoke the Qur'an. And Jibreel salam heard the Qur'an from Allah. Allah spoke it. And it was heard by Jibreel salam. He then came and taught it to the Prophet ﷺ exactly as he heard it. And then the Prophet ﷺ memorized it exactly like that. And then he taught the companions up until now, we have that Mus'haf printed, which is the Qur'an exactly as it was from then. So that was something that Allah spoke with the speech, as a characteristic of Allah, that Allah speaks. So Allah spoke the Qur'an, and Jibreel ﷺ heard the Qur'an, and then that was narrated to the Prophet ﷺ exactly in the same way. So we do not believe that the Qur'an is created. The Qur'an is an attribute of Allah. It is the speech of Allah. It was revealed from Allah, descended from Allah. From Allah it began and to Him it will return. This is the Qur'an and this is what we must believe regarding it. Not as some of the people of innovation say that the Qur'an is created. Not that nonsensical speech that you hear from people who are not educated. And in reality, if they were sincere to themselves, it would be better for them not to get engaged in affairs that is over and above them. Not to get engaged in affairs that they have no knowledge of. And so they confuse themselves and they confuse the people. The likes of Yusuf Estes now, when he, a few months ago, he began to talk about the Qur'an. And he made all of his speech or sections of his speech, he was incorrect and false. It was false and incorrect. 
And the aqidah which he was propagating through his speech was incorrect. So the likes of these individuals, it is better for them to learn and to study and to get a grasp of the knowledge of this religion rather than promote themselves to give da'wah and to be promoted as a scholar. And then in reality, they're not even aware of the basics of the aqidah of Ahl Sunnah. So this is what we say, the Qur'an is not created. It is the attribute of Allah. Allah spoke the Qur'an. That is one type of nasiha between yourself and the Qur'an, that you believe the correct aqidah regarding the Qur'an. Secondly, that you also learn the Qur'an. Learning the Qur'an is nasiha between yourself and the Qur'an. It is purity and sincerity between yourself and the Qur'an, the book of Allah, to learn it and to study it. Also, and tukthira min tilawatih, that you recite it often, and you recite it much. Recite it often and recite it much. Similarly, and tatadabbarahu, fala yakfi an taqra'ahu duna ma'rifati ma'anihi wa tafsirih. Similarly, that you contemplate upon it and you ponder over its meanings. It's not enough just to recite the Qur'an and not have a clue what you're reciting. Rather, recite the Qur'an and there is reward within that. Alif, Lam, Meem. La aqul Alif, Lam, Meem is a harf. The Prophet ﷺ said, لَكِنْ أَلِفٌ حَرْفٌ وَمِيمٌ حَرْفٌ أَلِفٌ حَرْفٌ وَلَامٌ حَرْفٌ وَمِيمٌ حَرْفٌ Alif, Lam, Meem. Every one of those is ten rewards. It's good to recite. It's rewardful. However, a person needs to understand the meanings behind what he's reciting to in order that he can then practice that and implement that in his life. That is why the companions, they used to say, the Salaf, مَا كُنَّا نَتَجَاوَزُ عَشَرَ آيَاتٍ مِّنَ الْقُرْآنِ We never used to go beyond ten ayat of the Qur'an. حَتَّى نَعْلَمَ مَعَانِيهَا وَنَعْمَلَ بِهَا Until we knew the meanings of what we just read, and we acted upon what we read. We would not go beyond ten ayat of the Qur'an until we knew the meanings of them, and we acted upon them. فَتَعَلَّمْنَا الْعِلْمَ وَالْعَمَلَ جَمِيعًا so they said in that way, we learnt knowledge and actions together. We learnt knowledge and actions together. And this is the way that a person, he demonstrates the nasiha between himself and the Qur'an. Because knowledge without acting upon it does not benefit you. Knowledge without acting is not of benefit. وَلَوْ كُنْتَ مِنْ أَكْثَرِ النَّاسِ حِفْظًا لِلْقُرْآنِ وَأَكْثَرِ النَّاسِ تِلَاوَةً لِلْقُرْآنِ Even if the shaykh says, you are from the most of the people, you are from the greatest in terms of your memorization from the people, and you recited the Qur'an more than the people, مَا دَامَ أَنَّكَ لَا تَعْمَلُ بِهِ But if you do not act upon it, as long as you do not act upon it, فَلَسْتَ نَاصِحًا لِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ then you are not demonstrating the nasiha between yourself and the Qur'an. Even if you memorize it more than everybody else, and recite it more than everyone else, if you do not act upon it too, understand it and act upon it, then you are not in reality being nasihan, you are not demonstrating the nasiha between yourself and the Qur'an, and in reality, the shaykh says, بَلْ تَكُونُ غَاشًا لِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ You are actually demonstrating betrayal. This is an act of betrayal, that you read the Qur'an, yet you do not act upon it. What is required is to read it and understand it, 
and then implement it and act upon it. That is regarding the nasiha between an individual and the Quran. So khalas, we'll have to stop there due to the time of Maghrib. Uh, next week, inshallah, we'll try to arrange the time so it's uh, earlier. So we have uh, more time before Maghrib, but the, the organization this week, it was left uh, at this time. So we'll leave it there. It's a small amount. You can learn that and practice it now. Go over it. It's half of the hadith only. So you have no excuse. It's a small hadith too. You should try to memorize it. Memorize the hadith and learn the explanation of that first half properly. And then inshallah from next week we'll do the remainder of it also.